0: Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this
1: inspirational message. Since it appears I don't need an introduction, let's get right to the word, okay? John chapter 4, verse 5. John 4, 5. says. Heather, do you have a the microphone there?
2: Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. The Samaritans
1: were children, children of Jacob too.
2: Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat.
1: Then saith the woman. It's coming. Unto him. (laughs)
2: Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans.
1: Stop right there. Everyone in the room say prejudice.
2: Prejudice. prejudice. You know. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water?
1: Everyone say, Carnality. Carnality.
2: Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and livestock?
1: Everybody say, Pride. Pride. Pride.
2: Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw.
1: Say, Selfishness. Selfishness.
2: Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, "You have well said. I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband."
1: Say this, dishonest, dishonesty.
2: Dishonesty. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, "Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped oh, really? on this." Oh <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship.
1: Stop us there. Say religion. religion. There we go.
2: Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jer- Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Amen. Amen. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he.
1: Father, I thank you for your word today. Let it come forth in it with understanding, revelation, and knowledge of Jesus. Let your people here feel the power of the Spirit as I speak these words. Let your Spirit do what I cannot do. Let your power manifest for them. To give them a new step in the right direction. Help us to overcome with the power of this word today. In Jesus' name. Amen. I saw something interesting in this passage of scripture. I was awakened early in the morning one time. The Lord often speaks to me in the, in the early wee hours of the morning. I mean, he's up, you know. I guess he doesn't know I need my sleep, but he doesn't care. So he wakes me up sometimes in the early hours of the morning to talk to me. I listen as best I can. He took me to John chapter 4, and I read this passage. I had read it many, many times, but I didn't read it like I read it that morning. I read it that morning, and I saw something powerful about this woman. I saw that she had six barriers, six big barriers to the Spirit. All through this passage, Jesus is not telling her Spirit. He's telling her about the, about the water. Talk to her about water, 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 water. He's meaning spirit, spirit, spirit. All he's saying is water. You got me? Can you all under- understand me? Yes. I, th- I think I told you the last time I was here. Uh, nowadays I sound like I either have rocks in my mouth or I have too much to drink. I promise you I don't have rocks in my mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke.
1: I tell it over and over and over. (laughs) But Jesus talked to this woman about water, meaning the Spirit. She couldn't get it. She displayed her barriers to this. Her barriers were up. Six barriers. What were they? Prejudice. Carnality. Carnality. Pride. 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 Selfishness. Selfishness. Dishonesty and religion. That last one stinks, doesn't it? (laughs) It's the worst one of the bunch. The worst one of the bunch. It's the one that made Jesus explode. explode. She said, sir, I perceive that our prophet, we worship in this mountain, you worship down there, which is right. He said, woman, I say to you. He exploded on her. That's why Jesus, Jesus did not get along well with the Pharisees, you know. They were full of religion, full of themselves. No spirit in them at all, just this knowledge of the religion. I like this. It takes me places. If you cannot hear the Spirit's voice... You cannot hear what God's doing in the earth. But you can know God in depth and in the spirit. Because Hebrews 8 promises this. Those who are in this new covenant, everybody from the least to the greatest shall know him. You do know God if you're saved. Are there Christians in this room today? Any Christians here? I see the hand of every, every Christian in the room. You know God. I don't have to tell you to know God. You know God. I'm here to tell you, you do know God. You know His voice. The only reason we don't know God's voice is because religion tells us we don't know how to hear God's voice. We don't know God. We need to know God better, they say. You need to know God. You need to know God. Hebrews 8 says we will not do that in the New Covenant. Because everyone shall know God. If you're in the new covenant, we know God. know God. You do know God. You do know God. You do know God. I'm telling you to rely on the spirit that you know that is in your life all right now. To know God. <laughs> Believe you know God. Believe you do know Him. Because you do know Him. Amen. You do know Him. Yeah. When last time I told you that? And you went to church and said, you do, do, do you know God. Now they're always like, do you know God? You need to know God better. Religion. Religion nonsense. You do, you do know God. If you're saved, you do, you do know God. Amen. And me teach you how to know God. <laughs> what we don't know is our covenant. Mm. <laughs> we don't know our covenant. We don't know what God want, wants us to have. We know what he requires. We always know, we always know what, he, what he requires. But so many people don't know what he's given us. What's ours? Yes. Yeah. yes. What, we, what, we, what we can live to have. That's right. God wants you to have the stuff.
0: Yes, yeah. he does.
1: It's like grandparents.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Grandparents want the kids to come to Christmas, don't they? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They fight the other grandparents for, for the kids. Mm-hmm. They want them there to, so the kids can have what they have. Mm-hmm. Right. Amen. Have what they prepared for them. Mm-hmm. God is a stronger giver than any grandparent. I'm a grandparent now, have been for a long time. My first grandbaby's getting married. (laughs) And I'm getting old. Her guy's here today. We're getting married this July, right? Do I have have to have a present? (laughs) Say yes. Of course. You do know God. You know God. If you're saved, you know God. You know God better than the Pope does. And saying, by the way, did y'all hear? Stephen Hawking believes in God. He knows God now. He died you die, you need to believe in God. All atheists believe in God. The the day that they die, they believe in God. They do. They do. All of them do. You know God because the Spirit is in you. What Spirit? God's Spirit. His Spirit is in you. That's how you know Him. Remember, we've been told so many years, you guys... You, you charismatics and Pentecostals, always talking about the Spirit. I've had friends in other churches, you know, say we don't we don't exalt the Spirit. We we exalt Jesus instead. And I said, you idiot, Why do you, Who who told you that we were at odds? <laughs> who told you that they were? Who told you that nonsense that, that they were at, at odds? If you exalt if you exalt the Spirit, you're exalting Jesus. Yeah. That's what happened here. Jesus exalted the Spirit, didn't he? He exalted the Spirit. What did the woman say? She said, I know the Messiah is coming. He talked about the Spirit. She talked about him.
0: Amen.
1: Get that? Amen. Get that? I'll tell you how to witness somebody. i tell you how to witness somebody. Find somebody who has a need. Say, can I pray for you? Watch what the Holy Ghost will do. The Holy Ghost will come, come upon you. And he'll meet, meet their need, and they'll start talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. He pray in Jesus' name, mm-hmm. demonstrate the Holy Ghost. That's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Right. He used to, do, try to try to talk to this woman, she couldn't understand what he was saying. But then he showed her how it works. He moved it into the Spirit. Yeah. He moved it right into the Spirit. You see what he did? He said, we'll call your husband. He knew she had five husbands. Mm-hmm. He says, "Go call your husband. He's gonna show her how it works." Mm-hmm. He had a different spirit on him, so showed her how it worked. Go call your husband. You know, he, he did it with a smile. You know, go call your husband. <laughs> I, li- I like his answer, her answer, and his action. She said, "I have no husband."
0: <laughs>
1: Seems smiling again. Well said. That's what he said. Well said. You lied to me without lying to me. (laughs) That's called deception. She was in deceit. Deceiving herself. But then it goes down here. Look at this. I found six barriers that she had. We just discovered them. When Jesus told her, flat out what he was talking about, the spirit, she said, I know Messiah's coming. I hear something crashing, don't you? You hear something crashing? I hear <coughs> barriers crashing to the ground. Six barriers just crashed to the ground right then. Her barriers against the spirit fell to the ground. And she said, I know Messiah is coming. It's no, no accident that the first move of the Spirit in any of our lifetimes, 1906, it started a re- revival in uh, California on Azusa Street. Anybody ever heard of Azusa Street? Yes. A great Pentecostal re- revival started out there. People from every denomination, Christians from every walk of life, every denomination went to this little warehouse on the corner. On Azusa Street, where a little man was leading a prayer movement, a re- re- revival of receiving the Spirit. People, people came there from every place. Received the baptism in the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues and all that. There no accident who God picked to lead that re- revival. A guy named Pappy Seymour—they called him Pappy. But his name was William. William Seymour. Little black man. Think of that. Little black man in America had no rights hardly at all in 1906. His pam- family had been born in, born in slavery. God picked him, to a worldwide re- revival of the spirit of God, introduced to the world. Everybody say William Seymour. Say his name. William Seymour. Deserve, he deserved for us to say his name. William Seymour. That is this great re- revival, a man of God, like a man among men who knew God, that, that scores, thousands of white people to Jesus in this revival and into the baptism of the Holy Spirit because God is not prejudiced. Yes. Right. Amen. Right. God is not prejudiced. Most everybody else is, but God is not. Mm -hmm. Don't look so so, so religious when I say that. You have prejudice presence in your heart. You know you do. All of us do. All of us do, in some measure. But that's why you have to be aware of it and and work against it. Mm -hmm. I said you have to be aware of it and work against it. That's That's the spirit moving in your life. soon, Soon enough, color goes away. Your heritage goes away. Well, I only act that way because that's how I was raised. Well, hang that. That's That's Prejudice is stupid anyway. Racial prejudice is st- really stupid. Because we did not, not slither up out of the primordial ooze, as a <laughs> evolutionists say. You know, We did not slither up out of the primordial ooze. We're all children of Noah. 4,000 years ago, we're all, we're all in one man named Noah. It's mm-hmm. 4,000 years. We're all very closely re- related. We're all very close kin. 4,000 years removes us all. I know they t- try to tell you billion, billions and millions of years. That's all nonsense. We're all kin to Noah 4,000 years ago. Get this everybody knows they're away from God. You don't have to prove to people that, are, that they're sinners. All they have to do is look in the mirror. All they have to do is look in their own heart see that prejudice in their heart. That sinful stuff is in them. I don't have to prove to anybody that, that they're sinners. I don't try that anymore. I stopped all of that. I used to preach on the streets all the time. I'd call them sinners. You're going to hell. You know, th- talk like that. It was real fun, i got to tell you. It was really fun. But <laughs> had a lot of fun. I quit all that because I didn't see, didn't see Paul acting like, like that. I preach righteousness now. Righteousness. Righteousness by faith. Get righteousness by faith. You'll quit your sinning. You'll quit your sinning. I can just get you made righteous by faith. I'll t- stand up here and tell you how bad a sinner you are. You know. You know. Be honest with yourself. You know what you need. But you don't need a preacher pointing out, pointing out all your bad things. You need somebody to tell you how to get rid of it. Get rid of it by opening your heart. And God's Spirit into your life. God's Spirit comes into your life. It changes everything. Yes. You start talking about Jesus. Right. It's like she started ta- talking about Jesus. She got a re- revelation of... See, what Messiah means, she said Messiah is coming. What that means is, the man with the anointing is coming. The one who has the anointing. The anointing, the anointing of the Spirit. He talked about the Spirit, and she talked about the Spirit man. Amen. I think it's odd in this chapter... It, we didn't read this part, but it says that she went back to town and said to the men there, come see a man. They all said, another one? <laughs> but you got to remember, this is man number seven. <laughs> Perfect man. Perfect man. Amen. i got room for man number seven in my life. Amen. Amen. Take your Bible now. Turn to John sixteen. I'm going to give you the real essence of this message. John sixteen, verse eight. Please, for me, Heather, would you please eight to eleven, KJV, grown-up Bible.
2: lost my sound man. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me.
1: Okay. He's going to reprove. The word reprove means to rebuke or to convict. To convict us of sin. What kind of sin? Be do
2: Of righteousness because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Or of sin judgment. because
1: they believe not on me. So it's a sin of unbelief. Of righteousness because of what? I go to the Father and you see me no more. So you're not talking about God's righteousness. you talking about you being convinced, convinced, convinced of your righteousness. You're righteous as a child of God.
2: Yeah, And of judgment because the prince of this world is judged.
1: Amen. So uh, not, not your judgment again. The judgment of the devil. The enemy has been judged i to talk to you just for a minute about this sin thing. Sin of unbelief. Why is it so important to God to, to have as the, the only sin to mention that the Holy Spirit convicts us of? Why? Because that's how it all started. That, that is really where it all started. We misinform ourselves when we say that the first sin was the sin of the eating of the forbidden fruit. That was not the first sin. The first sin was unbelief. Is how it happened. Eve saw the tree. The snake says, Is that can you have that tree? She says, no, I can't have that tree. Have any, any tree we want, but we can't have that tree. That tree is poison. She she didn't use that word, but that's what she thought. She said, if we eat that tree, we die. Okay? That means that tree to her was poison. poison. The devil says, You shall not die. You shall not die. And she believed him. That means she had to stop believing what God said. That's called unbelief. Okay, she stopped believing what God said. She believed right now what the enemy said. And in unbelief, you see things differently. Your, your vision changes. She now looked at that tree and said, You look good for food. The very next thing it says, the next verse in Genesis chapter 3, it says, She saw the tree that was good for food. How did that happen? Just a minute ago, it was poison. Belief and unbelief, both, can really change what you see, how you see the world. It changed how she saw the world. It changed how she saw her world. She saw that tree that was poison to be good for food. The first sin is the sin of unbelief. That's why the Holy Spirit is after in you. He does not want you to be in unbelief. He wants you to be believing in the Word of God. When you get in unbelief, the things that are potential become unpotential. They become un- impossible to you. Things you used to could do, you can't do anymore. When you're in unbelief. The next thing Jesus said here was he's going to convict us of a righteousness. Whose righteousness? God's righteousness or your righteousness? Your righteousness. Because he, go, he said, because you see me no more. That means that Jesus is not going to be here. He's not here. His spirit is here, but he's not here. Where is he? He is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven right now. Presiding over this meeting right now. Presiding over his kingdom and his family right now. He's, he's there, right beside the God the Father, seated, seated as King of gl- glory. So that's where he is. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So to be present with Jesus, you have to leave with this body. Paul said, while we we're at home in the body, we we're absent from the Lord. So you're not with Jesus right now, but you are with his spirit because his spirit is in you. It's almost the same thing as being with Jesus. But, but hear me. He is in you. That's how you know him. So you should act like him in the earth. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead it dwells in you. The creative power of God is in you. Amen. Amen. So you have to be convinced of this. So much in this world is against that. That's against our knowledge of who we are in Christ. So many things come against you to make you feel like you're not, not anything in the world, you know. I gotta tell you something. The boy was first grade. His teacher went back there to him, she said, what's your little, what's your name, son? He said, I'm Superman. <laughs> she laughed, she thought it was funny. Yeah, all the kids laughed, you know. I'm Superman. She said, okay, son. I like that, but I need to really know who you, who you really are You know your name. She said, that, that is my name, I'm Superman. This time she didn't laugh. Although the, the kids laughed big, but she didn't laugh. She said, now son, I'm gonna ask you one more time, you're gonna tell me who you are. If you say Superman, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you down to the principal's office. We'll see how funny she thinks this is. <laughs> what is your name, who are you really? He went like this. She got down in close. He said, I'm really Clark Kent.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Amen. If you're not convinced, nobody's going to be convinced. You know who you are? That settles it. The enemy's going to be telling you you're not anything. You don't have, you know, God, see, he, Convinced Eve that, that she wasn't who she said she was, who God said she was. He said, he said, you can't have everything. Made her feel like she was not who she believed she was. The devil does that to everybody. Come to you and tell you, oh, you're not really saved. You, you you can't be saved to do that. I know I saw what you did. You know all that stuff. anybody heard that kind of voice before? Take your Bible and turn to Romans 10, Romans 10, verse 4. Miss Heather, I want you to read that. R- Romans 10, verse 4. For read Christ about is seven, the seven verses there.
2: Okay, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth these things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart.
1: See, righteousness has something, something to say. It has a voice. It does not say that, that God needs to do anything else. Righteousness in you does not beg God to do something. You hear me? Righteousness believes that God, God has already done, done enough. Amen. Read on, Mr. Heather.
2: The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved.
1: Amen. Just saying it. Just say it. Amen. Use your mouth and say it. For with the
2: heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation.
1: See, righteousness is a matter of the heart by faith. It's in you. Put it in you when you, the day you believe on Jesus. Right. But if you're going to be saved, in all realms of life, that word "saved" is a big Greek Greek, Greek word. It means healed, it means healthy, it means uh, made whole in every, every way, it means good rela- relationships, it means healed. It means fixed. Your life is fixed. That's what it means. And you're going to heaven. It means all that. It's a good word. So to make a friend of the word by saying it, sozo. sozo. It's S-O-Z-O, and, and Z's in Greek are pronounced z, sozo, with a D in it. You don't care to do
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sozo. Sozo means you're saved, healed, delivered, set free from poverty, all kinds of things. It means everything. Amen. But to have sozo in your life, you have to be made righteous first in your heart. Mm-hmm. And you speak it out to employ the power of righteousness with your mouth. That's how, you, that's how it works. If you shall confess your, with your mouth, you, you say what you want with your mouth. Mm-hmm. You say what you expect God to do with your mouth. Amen. Amen. I was uh, struck again. I've been in this church a long time, been associated with this church since, for six, 16 years now. Yeah, a long time. But some of you aren't even 16 years old, are you? <laughs> Where's Dylan? Dylan, how old are you, 17? Wow. Stand up, son. Look at this, come over here, come over here. I have on boots, and I'm still shorter than he is. <laughs> <laughs> Time flies, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, okay. <laughs> my grandson, in so case you don't know. Yeah. But I was shocked one day when I come across this real- reality about America, how it, started, how it began. Anybody here in the room? Tell me when the Revolutionary War ended—the first war this country ever fought, the most important war we ever fought, the, the war for our freedom. Seventeen seventy-six, you say? that's no, not right. That's when it started. Seventeen what? Eighty-nine was, con- was when they ratified the Constitution. Eighty-seven was when they started writing the Constitution.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, that's close. So it's October nineteenth, seventeen eighty-one. Five years after the de- Declaration. Now, why do you not know that? <laughs> Y'all went to public school, didn't you? <laughs>
0: That's <laughs> the problem, yeah.
1: Well, you don't know that because your teachers don't care about that. They shouldn't care about that. Why would they teach you when England said we, we could be free? October 19, 1781, Cornwallis surrendered to our George Washington at Yorktown, Virginia. The war was over. We had secured our freedom, but we didn't secure it that day, really. You see, you're not free because the enemy doesn't fight you anymore. You're not free when the devil, the devil, the, the devil gives up and says you're free. No, that's not, when it's, that's not when you're free. You're free when you confess it. We don't celebrate that day, October of 1971. It's insignificant to us. We do, we do celebrate another day, though. What day do we celebrate? July 4 1776 I always said about that day, that's the day we made up our own minds. We said we were, we said we were free. Yeah. We confessed our freedom. Wrote it down on paper. John, John, John Hancock wrote his name so big, he said, I don't want King Henry, King George III to miss my name. Wrote, wrote it real big, John Hancock. His signature is so famous. To this day, people say, put your John Hancock right here on this paper, don't they?" he knew he was free, I said to you, "All slavery is voluntary. People who are slaves choose to be slaves. Amen. It's voluntary." This is the words Patrick, Patrick Henry said. Patrick Henry said, "I know he said something." For that. He said, Is life so dear, or peace so sweet, as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, at Almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. All slavery that you allow into your life is voluntary. Think about it. You don't have to live, you don't have to live a slave. Nobody has to live a slave. Nobody has to live a slave. Amen. Nobody has to live a slave. You can be free today. if You confess your freedom. If, if, if you're enslaved by sin today, you can walk your way out of it by talking your way out of it. Walk out by talking out. Yes. Walk your way out by talking your way out. Amen. Confess that Jesus is Lord over your life. Yes. Amen. 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 Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the word of righteousness that is in this house. Thank you, Jesus, that you... Made us know we're bigger than the enemy by what you did, what you said, what you how you lived. We see your example every place, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that your, your judgment is not on the people of God but on the enemy, which gives us authority in this life. Thank you, Jesus, for your welcomeness in this place. I heard them pray, I heard them sing, I heard them worship you today, so I, I thank you for the conviction of the Spirit that teaches us that we are bigger than sin, the sin of unbelief, we're bigger than the enemy who tells us we're unrighteous, but we are righteous, bigger than anything that happens in this world because of you, because of your Spirit in us. Thank you, Jesus, for your Spirit. Your spirit created the world, lives in our hearts, to make us all we can be. Thank you, Lord. With your heads bowed just for a minute, people, listen to me. The gospel says, Christ died for our sins. This is a promise from God. God is making you a promise that he counted your sins on Jesus that day when Jesus died. He put all your sins on Jesus. This is God's promise to you. If you believe in Jesus, believe the gospel, you can be saved today. If you don't know you're going to heaven today, you can know you're going to heaven. You can know you're going to go to heaven by believing in Jesus. You see, the truth of the gospel, because Christ died for your sins, and he was buried. That means he took your sins away, took them a long way away, took them all the way to hell. And he rose again the third day, just like the Bible says. Rose again the third day. That means he rose victorious. That means he's not just going to save you. He's going to make you victorious too. Everything that Jesus is and does, he did for us. He, he became a man to show us what man could be. He became a man to show us what man could be. He loves you so much today. Use your faith today. Be all you can be. By the Spirit of God, in Jesus' name.
0: Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.